Hey, good morning, Spirit Church. Come on, let's stand. We're going to praise this morning. Sometimes you got to dance through the darkness, sing through the fire, praise when it don't make sense. Sometimes you got to stare down the giant, worship from the lion's den. Sometimes you got to shout it from the mountain, louder in the valley, trusting that he's going to get you there. Sometimes you got to welcome the wonder, Wait for the answer. Worship with your hands up in the air. I'll praise you anywhere. Praise, give him praise, give him praise in the highest praise. Give him praise, give him praise in the highest. He is worthy. Yes, he is worthy of all of the praise. Sometimes you gotta praise in the team to the front. If you have a need or a prayer, we would love to connect with you this morning and pray with you. Come on, let's continue into worship today.
are still being moved. Strongholds are still being loosed. And God, we believe it. Yes, we can see that wonders are still what you do. Bodies are still being raised. And giants are still being slain. God, we believe it. Yes, we can see it. Wonders are still what you do. We are here for you. things for good 
Spirit Church. My name is Grant, and we're so glad that you chose to join us for worship today. Whether you're here in person or joining us online, we consider you part of our family, and we would love to connect. If you're here in person, you can scan this QR code to fill out your Connect card or your new guest card. And if you're joining us online, you can fill it out at spirit.church slash connect or spirit.church slash guest. This is a great way for you to stay connected and for us to serve your family better. If you're new to Spirit Church, welcome. Our staff would love to meet you in the Welcome Center right after this worship experience. We want to meet your family, give you a gift, and just say thanks for being our guest today. Also, if you're a guest, please don't feel any pressure to give. But if you're here and you'd like to give, here are three ways that you can. You can use a giving envelope and drop it in either kiosk in the Commons area. You can give online at spirit.church give, or you can use our Church Center app. Spirit Church, thank you for being so generous as we continue to try to reach the least, the last, and the lost. Now I have a couple announcements for you. 
We have a few remaining gingerbread kids available, and this is a great way that we can just bless some kids in our community. And so if you're interested in doing that, you can, you can sign up at our info table in our commons area. And just a reminder that those gifts are due back on November 27th. Sunday, November 26th is our Baptism Sunday. And so if you've been following Jesus for, for five minutes or your entire life, but you've never gotten baptized, we'd love to help you out. If you're ready to take this next step of faith, sign up at spirit.church slash sign up. Spirit Church, thanks for listening. Now get your message notes out as Pastor Daniel comes to continue our series, Do You Believe in Miracles? morning yeah you awake oh my goodness some of my favorite people in the world how's it going guys wow didn't realize the Amaro family was in the house hey guys could you do me a favor I'm a youth pastor can we stand up to our feet and start doing jumping jacks I'm just kidding but stand up to your feet for real yeah you guys can stand up to your feet I just wanted to see what everybody would do whenever I said that and it was way better than I even expected it to be so thank you guys so much for entertaining me. Hey, we're going into week three of Do You Believe in Miracles? God is doing some amazing things in and through this community and in and through this church. And we're so honored to be able to be a part of it. Before we go any farther, can we give it up for the best pastors on, in the universe, Jason and Robin, for everything they do. They're taking care of family right now and also taking care of our friends in Ireland. So just so amazing, so thankful for this opportunity. But hey, we always get started here at Spirit Church with an in the vault text to help get the word of God in our heart. So would you join with me in saying the in the vault text for this month? Let's go ahead and let's dive in. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Hey, let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for you. We're so thankful that you are truly the God of miracles. Would you help to open our eyes to the things that you're doing around us so that whenever we are seeking out miracles of expectations, we can truly know that it is you that's going before us and that's already fought the battles to, so that we can have victory in these moments, God. Lord, we love you so much and we praise you in advance for everything you're about to do here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys can be seated. Like I said, thanks for entertaining me and not actually doing jumping jacks. I'm sure I'd get in some kind of trouble if I actually had you guys do that. Jason probably wouldn't let me ever speak again. But this month, like we've been talking about, we've been looking at the topic of miracles. We've been going into scripture, identifying where Elisha and Jesus have been working miracles in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. It's really cool to see the compare and contrast between the two lives because Elisha's name even means God is salvation and Jesus's name is Yahweh will save. You guys see what I'm saying here? Salvation is at the center of it all in both of these pictures. In the study of the miracles, like we talked about, it's in the Old Testament and the New Testament, looking at how God chose to move through Elisha and Jesus. It's so amazing to see all of this happen. A lot of the things with miracles that we see being true and things that we often hear in the church today is miracles happen throughout Scripture. This is true. Miracles still occur today. If you don't believe that, I want to challenge you on that. This is true. Be open to how miracles happen, but miracles are all around us right now. The greatest miracle, though, of all time, there will never be one that is greater, is salvation. Salvation has already been paid, it's already been won, and you can have eternal life with Christ Jesus because salvation is the greatest miracle of all. 
How did salvation occur? It was a redemption. It was someone, it was God redeeming his creation through the exchange of Jesus Christ here on earth. Christ is our redeemer, and he provided the way for salvation. We looked at miracles of multiplication. How many of you guys were blessed by Pastor Jason's message last week on miracles of multiplication, amen? It was so incredible seeing how God takes something that can be so small and then fills us up to the point where we can no longer contain it anymore. He continues to overflow through things in multiplication. The concepts that we learn, multiplication often starts with desperation. Multiplication requires two numbers. God multiplies what we give, and God uses multiplication for his glory. But today, we're talking about miracles of expectation. Now, for all my folks in the house today, how many of you have heard something along the lines of name it and claim it theology? Anybody? We're going to go ahead, call it out as truth, and we're going to say, God, you're going to deliver, you know? How about speaking something into existence? Yeah, anybody? You guys know exactly what I'm talking about, huh? Some of you, other people are like, you're so weird, and it's okay. I'm still, we're still going to be best friends after this. There are so many concepts that we often don't truly grasp or that we over-celebrate and we miss out on what expectation really looks like. Whenever we look at expectation, it's saying God's done it before so I can believe that he's going to do it again. It's not a God of exchange. It's not, Lord, if you provide this miracle, then I'll go and do this. It's, Lord, I know that you are good. I know that you provide, and I know that you're going to meet the needs of your people. Today, with Miracles of Expectation specifically, we're going to be looking at Elisha and Jesus dealing with the blind, and we're also going to be looking at Elisha and Jesus healing the lepers. Now, the reason why I don't say Elisha and Jesus healing the blind is because here in a moment, we're going to be talking about Elisha's situation with blindness and how he utilized it. But the first point of today that I need you to understand is Miracles of Expectation happen, happen differently than we visualize. Miracles of expectation happen differently than we visualize. It's not always going to be the way that you dream it's going to be. Sometimes God is answering your prayers and providing miracles in the way that you never expected, but nonetheless, God is already moving in your life. You have to be open to the move of God whenever it happens. Whenever we look at this, Elisha was dealing with an attack from the army of the Armenians. He was dealing with, become, with this attack coming upon the nation of Israel. The king of Aram was saying, hey, I have no idea what's going on in this battle against Israel, but what I do know is somehow they know every single move I'm going to do before I ever make it. And what his advisors tell him is there's this prophet named Elisha in Israel that's telling the king of everything you're about to do before it happens. So they know what you're going to do, and that's how they're prepared. And so the king of Aram says, we have to get rid of Elisha. That will solve all of our problems, and that will allow us to take over the nation of Israel. And so here we dive in to the point where Elisha has to function in the supernatural rather than the natural. In 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 15 and 20, it says, When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. As the Aramean army advanced toward him, Elisha prayed, O Lord, please make them blind. So the Lord struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. Then Elisha went out and told them, you have come the wrong way. This isn't the right city. Follow me and I will take you to the man you are looking for. And he led them to the city of Samaria. As soon as they entered Samaria, Elisha prayed, O Lord, now open their eyes and let them see. So the Lord opened their eyes and they discovered that they were in the middle of Samaria. Elijah dealt with sight three times in this one passage. The first time, Elisha's servant was worried about the natural challenges that were in front of them. 
All he could see was the army of the Arameans coming after him, and he said, what are we going to do? It's only you and I. And Elisha stops, and he lets him have this spiritual blindness taken off, and he says, look at the army that's behind us. It far outnumbers the army that's in front of us right now. It far outnumbers the challenge that we're about to face, and we can trust that God is for us. So he took away spiritual blindness in this moment. But that wasn't enough for this, right? Elisha then sees the natural challenge in that moment and says, God, I know that you can do it. Would you blind this army? And so then, instead of our thought of how miracles occur, how we think miracles are healing, and it's restoring, and it's helpful, we see that it was actually used as an attack against the Arameans in that moment, where it was able to protect Elisha and his servant. It wasn't a healing of blindness, it was a use of blindness for the people of God to be saved. And so in this moment, they're blinded, and Elisha takes them to Samaria, where they're no longer around Israel, and then says, you know what, God? Can you make them see again? And here they are, and they're looking around, and I imagine they are lost as can be. I bet you they are so confused. And then what we see happen next after this passage, the king of Israel actually gets excited by seeing this. And he goes, Elisha, can we go and kill them now? Can we go and get them so we can protect Israel? And Elisha's like, no, 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 no. What do we do with prisoners of war? We feed them and we give them drink. So that's what we're going to do is we're going to care for them. So they prepared a feast for the people that were ready to kill Elisha and attack Israel. And what happens because Elisha was looking in the supernatural rather than the natural, the Aramean army never comes against Israel again. All because Elisha no longer looked at the situation as these are only our enemies. He looked at the situation saying, how can we show them love, joy, and peace? Elisha was functioning in the supernatural, and although the miracle didn't happen, how we all probably visualized that it would, God was at the center of, all, of it all, and he was making it work for his plan and his glory. Now, a lot of times in sports, whenever we talk about that, we talk about visualize and attack, right? Visualize and attack. We want you to have the vision of what might happen on the field. We want you to have the vision of the schemes that might be on the court. And then we want you to attack it and go and do what you can do to get the win, right? That's how sports really work. They game plan and then they execute. But here, we often think about miracles like we think about sports where we game plan. We're thinking of how we need the result to look. What do I need to do to experience this in reality? God is working in the supernatural, and the miracle isn't always going to be how you naturally visualize it being. Your strategy is not always God's plan, right? We have to focus in and look around us at all times. There's this book called The Bush is Always Burning, and it's one of my favorite books I've ever read. Because all it's talking about is, what if Moses didn't acknowledge the bush that was burning? What if, what if Moses said, I'm in a desert and there's a bush on fire? That's normal. Right? Like, it's hot. I get it. What if he never acknowledged the bush that was burning off to the side? What if his attention was never on God? Then he would miss the miracle that's already happening around him. I feel like a lot of times we miss the move of God because we're so busy looking for our ideal results that we miss what he's already done for us right here and right now. And so maybe we just need to fix our perspective and stop visualizing in the worldly realm, but start seeking out God's plan in the heavenly realm. Stop looking through a natural lens and start looking through a supernatural lens and see what God does in and through those moments. Not only are miracles of expectation happening in this way or in a way that we don't visualize, but they come in unexpected ways as well. Kind of going along with those lines, it doesn't happen how we visualize it, but we also need to be aware that sometimes it happens in very unexpected methods. Jesus heals this blind beggar who's been blind for his entire life by smearing mud on the guy's eyes, okay? And we're going to hop in here, and I'm going to read this to you, and then I want you to think about this, okay? John chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. 
We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming, and then no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. Then he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. He told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. Now pause for a second. If I was going and asking for healing, and I heard a guy spit on the ground, and I heard some rustling on the ground, I'm thinking, what is happening, right? Like, if I'm blind and can't see this unfolding in front of me, I'm, like, probably starting to wonder if I should start stepping away for a second. Be like, hold on now. I asked for healing. But in this moment, Jesus spit in the dirt, got the mud on his hands, and smeared it on this man's eyes and said, go wash and be healed, right? Through mud that would cover your sight, that would be counterintuitive to the way that we see here in the natural, Jesus was working a miraculous healing in the supernatural. It's not going to be how we expect it at all times. It's not going to be something that sometimes we want any part of. I don't want somebody's saliva in my eyes. That's just me. But... God is still working through those supernatural methods. And not only that, but the man that gets healed after this miracle goes back to the town, begins telling everyone about what Jesus has done and how amazing this is. And people are looking at him and saying, is that the beggar? There's no way. There's no chance. He doesn't even look like the beggar. But the reason why that happened is because that man that was a blind beggar was now experiencing freedom for the very first time in his life. It wasn't just a physical healing. It was a spiritual renewal. This man was able to go and fulfill the purpose that God had placed on his life. And so he was energized and ready to step out and tell as many people as he could about it. See, your miracle that's unexpected might not be ideal in your eyes, but guess what? God is using that method right there to reach every single person that you encounter going forward. Sometimes Sometimes you're going to go through hard times where it takes God's miracle to get you through. And through those hard times, our attentions are so much on the challenge that we miss out on the miracle that he's already providing. You miss out on the ability to have the testimony that allows people to see the freedom that comes when Christ moves in the way he did here. The most unexpected miracle that happened in my life came through meeting my wife, Emily. Aw, man. I'm, that's brownie points right there, y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like... She's going to love me forever for that right there. Uh, I hope you do anyways because we're married. Um, but in this unexpected un unity that happened in this, like, coming together moment, Emily and I never should have crossed paths. We never should have met. It was in the middle of COVID when everybody was supposed to be away, but God made a door open where we could still be present in the schools reaching students. I was able to become a coach. She was teaching at the time. And so we had coaching friends that taught at the same school as her. And they kept on saying, hey, I think there's a girl that you should meet. And I was like, I'm not interested in meeting anybody. She was like, hey, I don't want to meet any boy right now. I'm focusing on me and God. And then finally, they wore us both down to the point where we agreed to go and have lunch with those coaches there. Not even just us, with our friends, okay? So we go, and in this moment, whenever we meet each other, we're having amazing conversation, and the coaches aren't even in the room that we know. They still were going out and getting their lunch, and they come back, and we just connected. We bonded so well. But in that moment of COVID where we're supposed to be isolated, we're supposed to be apart, God was orchestrating a way for us to get where he needed us to go and become the leaders that we needed to become and to have the influence that we needed to have to reach a generation that is broken and that is hurting so desperately. But he knew exactly what we needed before we were ever aware that this was even an opportunity. The miracles of expectation are going to happen in ways that you don't expect, but are you willing to embrace them whenever they happen? Or are we so stuck in the way that we think they should occur that we're going to miss out on the miraculous move of God? My third point for today is miracles of expectation always point back to God. They always point back to God. So one chapter before what we read with the miracle of Elisha just a moment ago, we're going to be looking at here today, and it's the miracle of the healing of Naaman. Naaman was the commander of the Aramean army. Now, for those of you that might have forgotten, the Arameans were the exact same people that went to kill Elisha, okay? So remember that. 
the commander of the Aramean army was suffering from leprosy at the time while he was leading attacks against Israel. At this exact same time, the Arameans had taken some land in Israel and had taken some captives, and one of them happened to be this girl that saw that he was suffering from leprosy and told him, if you go and see the prophet Elisha, you can receive healing. Naaman got permission from the king of Aram to go and see the prophet, so the king sent a letter to the king of Israel with, with a gift and money and clothing to say, hey, please take my commander and heal him. I know we're at war, I know we're at odds, but please take him and help him. And this leads us to 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 7 through 15. And it says, when the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes in dismay and said, am I God that I can give life and take it away? Why is this man asking me to heal someone with leprosy? I can see that he's just trying to pick a fight with me. But when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes in dismay, he sent this message to him. Why are you so upset? Send Naaman to me, and he will learn that there is a true prophet of Israel in here. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and waited at the door of Elisha's house. But Elisha sent a messenger out to him with this message. Go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Then your skin will be restored, and you will be healed of your leprosy. But Naaman became angry and stalked away. I thought he would certainly come out to meet me, he said. I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call on the name of the Lord his God and heal me. Aren't the rivers of Damascus, the Abana, and the Farpar better than any of the rivers of Israel? Why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed? So Naaman turned and went away in rage, but his officers tried to reason with him and said, Sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? So you should certainly obey him when he says simply go and wash and be cured. So Naaman went down to the Jordan River, dipped himself seven times as the man of God had instructed him. And his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child and he was healed. Then Naaman and his entire party went back to find the man of God. They stood before him and Naaman said, Now I know there is no God in all the world except in Israel. So please accept a gift from your servant. When we see the miracle of expectation take place, we've got to point it back to God because there is no other explanation for it. Naaman came into this situation without faith. He came into this situation expecting a prophet to be the one that delivered a miracle. But Elisha knew that this was coming through the wisdom of God, and he orchestrated a plan that would require Naaman to acknowledge that it is God who did the healing rather than Elisha that provided the healing. He said, go and dip yourself in the river seven times. I'm not even going to see you. I'm not even going to talk to you. But I'm telling you that if you obey God and you have faith, then a miracle is coming your way, that the leprosy will be taken away, and you'll be able to function how you you need to function in your position. And in that miracle of expectation, Naaman had health restored abundantly to his leprosy. His skin was as healthy as a young child, a young baby. It was that much of a drastic shift in his health that led him to acknowledge that it is the one true God. There is no other God except for the God of Israel. The man that was attacking Israel, leading the charge, is the same man that declared that God is the Lord of the world, that there is no other above him. And God is always going to make a way whenever we stay faithful to him. In those miracles of expectation, we have to remember that it's always got to point back to God. Whenever I was in high school, I played all the way up to my junior year just basketball. Didn't play anything but basketball. It's my love. It's my passion. It's one of my favorite things. Then my senior year, I ended up switching over and playing football because that made a lot of sense to dedicate my entire high school and middle school life to one sport and then switch, right? Yeah, it did. It was great. In this moment, I loved football. It was so amazing. It was a great experience. There's nothing like having an excuse to hit somebody in a legal form and get all that anger and frustration out on a weekly basis. It was just so great. If you haven't done it, go suit up and play some football really fast. You'll feel a lot better. 
But I go into my senior year and I'm doing this and I'm like, hey, I don't know why I'm playing football because it makes no sense. I'm not going to be able to go anywhere for it. But it ended up being a great year. Ended up getting some offers to go to college. But I already knew that I was called into ministry. I knew that God wanted me to go to Evangel University and get prepared and get taught and get the proper teaching that really needed to be effective going into that next stage of my life. But the biggest thing that stood in front of me was the price of a private university. I looked at this and I said, there's absolutely no way I'm going to be able to afford this. Like, it's just way too outrageous. My academics were good and stuff, but it's just too high of a number. And then God, being who God is, continued to provide in that moment. Whenever I began to doubt, but I said, Lord, I, th- I was pretty sure this is where you wanted me to go, he provided a way. He offered an opportunity to get involved in college football after playing one year in high school. That doesn't happen. Like, it just doesn't happen at all. I think 7% of high school athletes get to play at a collegiate level. Like, it's just not common. But because God was already orchestrating it on my behalf, saying, this is the plan I have for you. I'm going to open the door. All I need you to do is stay faithful and continue to pursue what I've called you to pursue. And the miracle of expectation was, God, I'm expecting you to get me where I have to go, but also I really don't see it happening in my own life. If we stop looking in the natural and we start looking in the supernatural, we can then find hope that God will continue to do what he's already done before. That's the reason we get to have the miracles of expectation, because we've seen him do it before and we can trust that he's going to do it again all we have to do is be faithful last point for today is the miracle of expectations happen when faith is active the miracles of expectation happen when faith is active see we just talked about elisha healing the leper healing naaman but now we get to look at jesus healing 10 lepers in one miracle. And so in Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19, it says, as Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. And as he entered a village there, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. And he looked at them and said, go show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan, and Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Whenever faith is at the center of it all, we can expect that God is going to move like he has done over and over and over again. Many people are going to ask God to meet their needs, but how many people authentically have faith that he can do it? How many of us aren't just cultural Christians that come on a Sunday and say, I love Jesus. Yes, I do. I love Jesus. How about you? But in reality, whenever we go throughout our week, we're not showing the love of Christ to anybody. We're not showing that we believe. We're not growing a relationship with Jesus. We don't even have faith enough to get in his word, let alone experience the miracles that he wants to provide. If you don't have faith enough to even invest in your relationship with him, why are you calling out to him and asking him for things? See, God doesn't treat our relationship like a transaction. He doesn't look at you and say, come to me when you need and then leave me alone when you don't. He says, I want to hear the good. I want to hear the bad. I want to be there in the highs. I want to be there in the lows. And I want to be your God no matter what because I love you and I've chosen you since creation for my plan and my purpose. And so if we believe that, if we have faith in that, we're going to see the miracles of expectation happen in our life. With every head bowed and every eye closed today, I just want you to pray really fast and just continue seeking for whatever miracle you need in your life, whether it's finances, healing, whatever it might be, restoration in your body, restoration in your relationships, whatever that looks like. I just want you to pray to God and say, Lord, I've seen you do it before and I've seen you do it again. I know that you can do it once again in my situation too. God, I'm gonna be faithful to you. Lord, would you let my life be a living sacrifice that is honoring and pleasing to you in everything that I do, God? Would you let my testimony be one that as I run through the streets shouting, praise God, praise God, or running through the streets showing people the freedom that I now have, that it brings comfort and peace, your love and your joy in every situation, God. We praise you for it, Jesus.
with every head bowed and every eye closed still, if you're in this place and you haven't had that opportunity to truly have faith and truly cry out to God and let him know of your needs, let him know of the miracle that you need him to move, and you're thinking, man, I need that in my life, here's your chance to start down that path and making the decision to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life today. With no one looking around, it's just you and God, every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you and you're saying, I wanna make Jesus the Lord and Savior of my life, I need him to work miracles in my life, and I wanna have faith that I can always look and expect that he's gonna do it. I just want you to slip up a hand with no one looking around. It's just you and Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, if you move before, will you do it again? Thank you, I see those hands, awesome. Awesome, I'll give you a few more moments. You can put them down once you raise them. this is the best decision that you could ever make. And so to support those that said yes to Jesus today, would you join me in saying this prayer real fast? Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. I'm sorry that I've sinned and lived a life that was not pleasing to you. Today I receive you as my Savior and Lord. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and make me more like you. I will do my best to live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, God is really doing something special in and through this community, like we said before. We just have to be expecting that the best is truly yet to come. We have to expect that God's gonna even do more and continue pursuing after that in faith, amen? Hey, would you stand across this place? I just wanna ask one more time that we would just seek God in this moment of prayer. I want us to just bow our heads and just ask God, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? Holy Spirit, what, are, what would you have for me to receive from today's message, God? What is it that you're trying to say that I need to fix in my own life so that I can be faithful to you, Lord? How can I step into your miracles and embrace them in my life, Jesus? incredible Sunday so far. Again, thank you so much for being here. We so appreciate you spending your Sunday with us. Uh, before we go, I do want to, I want to pray a prayer of blessing over you this morning. So may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Amen. We love you guys. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving week.